What's up, everybody? My name is Brady Morgan, and I am the host of the Budget Trek Podcast. Before we get into the show, I want to talk about our sponsor. SocialX is a community of entrepreneurs working together to make a positive impact on the world, scale their businesses, make more money, and build their networks with like-minded individuals. They have weekly mastermind calls featuring top business leaders, online courses, and amazing entrepreneur events all over the country, which teach entrepreneurs how to go from zero to six figures. If you're interested in learning more about SocialX, go to socialxevents.com and tell them you came from the Budget Trek podcast. Now, on to the show. Today, we have a very special guest. He's the host of the Wake Up Wealthy podcast. He's been featured in Forbes and Entrepreneur. He went from a drug addict to a CEO. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Brody Kern. What's up, my man? How are you, dude? I'm happy to be here. We've been, uh, we got to, we had to reschedule this thing, but now we're here live. It's, it's good Absolutely. to be here. Absolutely. Happy to have you, man. So, Basically, I want to kind of give a rundown, a, a background of what Budget Trek is. So, so Budget Trek started as my personal journey towards me and my wife's version of financial freedom. So fully transparent, we're $50,000 in debt, haven't been the smartest with money. I wanted to use this podcast as a source of accountability for myself, but also as a way to educate my audience through my struggles, through my successes, but also to educate through people like you. So interviews with you, hearing your information, your story, what you have to tell, but before we get into that, Brody, I always start my podcast with this one preliminary question. What is the dumbest thing you have ever spent money on? Jeez, dude. Well, you know, in my case, my story is, my story is interesting. You know, I've wasted $100,000 on substance abuse. You know, I have bought totally dumb shit. I mean, watches, clothes, shit that I just wasn't ready to buy. This was all when I first started making money, right? And uh, you know, I you know this is, this is an interesting podcast for me to be on because I I, uh, I started out really bad with money. I was yeah. terrible with money, and that's what the purpose of this podcast is. You, you know, I'm a full believer that you know you can go on social media all day long and see people's successes. It's not hard to see that, but when you start to see people's struggles, that's when you resonate with their story the most, in my opinion. So we're gonna go ahead and dive deep into that because, like you said, so obviously you're at this level of success. But you don't. You didn't start at this level of success. I mean, like I said, you used to be a drug addict, and now you're the CEO. You manage your own company, and here you are. We all know you start a business. It's not easy. The money's not guaranteed. You got to work your ass off to get where you want to be. So, how do the management of your own personal finances during those preliminary stages play a role in getting you to where you are today? Well, so a big a big thing for me that has really helped me is I never ever got really caught up on the topic or like the, the need to have a lot of money. And so why this was important for me, while I could have been way smarter with money, individuals who were much better with money than I was, they were never willing to deal with the volatility that I was. They were never willing to take the amount of risk that I, that I was willing to, you know, I I've have am always will be, willing to put all my money on the line to advance myself and advance my businesses, advance my family. You know, now things are a little bit different now that I have, I've got the wife, I have, you know, a son at home and I'm starting to think a little more conservatively, but really around the topic of personal finance, my edge always was that I'll invest it all. I have invested my last $10,000 into mentors many times. Yeah. And it's kind of like that mindset, like you got nothing to lose, you yeah. know? So, so you hit rock bottom and you think the only way is up, you know? So 
I want to dive deep into that because you have an interesting story, Brody. So you're a drug addict and the purpose of this podcast too is to get deep. Like I want to get deep into your story. I want to know your struggles. I want to know how you failed because when you fail, you inevitably pick yourself back up and here you are. So you're a drug addict. You probably don't know which direction to go. You know, you have an issue, but you don't know how to fix it. How did you get out of that? Yeah, I mean, really just, uh, I reached a point of desperation. You know, I was 21 years old. I was going to college at the University of Missouri. Um, I had a very, very bad drinking problem, very, very bad hard drug problem. Um, and my body just shut down. The progression that most addicts and alcoholics take in 40 years, I, take in, I took in five. And, uh, you know, I was overdosing a lot, kept ending up in the hospital. And, you know, finally one day it wasn't, it wasn't like I was like, I'm going to change my life. I'm going to go be successful. I'm going to do any of this shit. I had no idea, you know, for a long time, I didn't have any idea that I would be doing this. Like this was way out of the realm of possibility. Right. Um, but I was just really desperate not to live the way that I was living. And I checked myself into a rehab. Okay. So, so from that point on, I mean, cause I know with drug addicts, you know, there, there's relapse, right? So kind of walk me through, like you go to rehab and then what's next? Yeah. So I go to, re- I go to rehab and, um, Oh, just every single day I was getting some more clarity. I started to get some confidence back. I realized that I had absolutely no idea who I was for so long. My identity was party. Um, and it was drugs and it was, you know, and I hadn't dealt with an emotion in five years, any time of stress, emotion, anxiety, depression would come up. I would just, I would just suffocate it with substance. And, you know, so being sober for the first time and since I was, you know, basically a kid and having to deal with all of these emotions was very tough. And so really I wasn't, it's not like I was doing anything super crazy. Like I it just literally every day, my mission was to not drink. And I was working at this little shitty pizza place, um, ended up, and I was kind of like, I was bar, my resolve to not drink was strong because I was bartending there with oh, a bunch wow. of people that I used to drink with, um, while I was, you know, newly sober. And so like, I really didn't want to go back to the way of life that I was living. But, um, so towards the end of that year, I probably about 10 months into my sobriety, I had gotten my real estate license and, uh, because there was a low barrier to entry, like, you know, I was a college dropout. I, you know, I just gotten out of rehab. I couldn't get any real job. And I had never thought about working for myself. I had never thought about like, I didn't even not really know what being an entrepreneur meant. I didn't have an Instagram. Like I didn't, I didn't know. I was just, like I said, I was just trying to stay sober every day. Right. And, um, you know, I got into real estate and things took off quickly. I just started crushing it. And, uh, around the same time, a couple months before I got my real estate license, I had stopped going to AA and, those two things coupled together, I started to make some money. I started to be around a different crowd, people who drank after work, drank at lunch, did all this shit. And I convinced myself that I had something to lose. And three days before my one year sobriety date, I relapsed. And uh, I had a, I had a short period of time there, three months or so where I drank again and uh, things got real ugly real fast. Wow. And one day I just, one day I just walked back into an AA meeting. And so, so after that point, you checked yourself back into rehab. And well, I didn't go, I didn't go back to rehab. I just went back to oh, AA. AA. Okay. So, so things were not like my, my chemical dependency was not nearly, it wasn't even in the same ballpark as it was before. Um, I was, I was doing, I was doing a lot of cocaine again, but I wasn't really, um, I wasn't doing hard drugs. Um, but like 
the thing about me too is it, it wasn't just the consistency of the use. Like I, I, I'm a blackout drinker. So like I, I black out every time I drink, I drink, right. And you know, I've blacked out a few hundred times. So my con and when I black out, like very bad things happen. So like I was, I was experiencing very real consequences and I wasn't this like college kid anymore. And so, you know, while I, I didn't have to go back to rehab because I wasn't at risk of dying. Like the first time I went to rehab, so you can go cold turkey off of any substance except for alcohol and benzos. And like Xanax was a big problem of mine. If you go cold turkey on those, one of those two substances and you're really, really addicted physically, you'll have seizures, which I have had. But the second time I wasn't, I, I wasn't physically dependent upon anything enough to need to go back to through a medical detox. So I just went straight back to AA and went to start going to AA meetings every day again. And I just, I haven't drank since, you know, that was October 15th of 2016. That's awesome, man. How old are you? I turned 26 in two days. That, that's crazy, you know, and that's really commendable too, especially in today's age, because, you know, you hit your version of rock bottom, like hard, real hard. Absolutely. And you've picked yourself back up and you have a massive level of success now. And like you said, you've got a family, your life's on the right track. You got some badass tattoo sleeves. I mean, <laughs> but, but that's really commendable because in today's age, I'm not going to say drugs and alcohol are sexy or attractive, but it seems like it's harder to get away from that nowadays because of social media, the way it's portrayed. Right. It's cool. It's fun to party. If you got all this money, like you said, you had something to lose, but it's fun to blow it too at the same time because you never had it before. So yeah. to, to see where you are now is really inspiring because you're, you turned 26 in two days and you've been through a lifetime of struggles, but you picked yourself back up time after time, which is awesome. But I want to dive into that. So, so you're going through the real estate stuff. You, you stop drinking, you stop doing drugs, and then the Wake Up Wealthy podcast, the Wake Up Wealthy Brotherhood. How did that happen, and what drove you to start that? Yeah, so we're missing some, we're missing some real time here. So, like, I, I got into um, I got into real estate, sold forty six homes my first year, uh, was really crushing it, and decided that I didn't like I didn't like real estate. Um, I was good at it, but it just wasn't for me. I didn't like the people on the other end of the deals that I was dealing with were like housewives and you know you know not people who play at my level in my opinion that's what i thought like i could you know they're great people but it's like i wanted to move faster and so i was like okay i'm gonna bounce from here and i wanted to be i wanted to experience other things and see this was a really big growth point for me because in getting sober remember like my view of what was possible was not real big to start with like it when i was drinking I, because everybody else had told me this, I was just truly convinced that I would probably die from drugs and alcohol sometime before I was 25. And so, wow. and I had just, I had just accepted that. And then, so I get sober and I'm like, wow, like I, this was never, this was never in the picture. So what happens now? Right. And then it's like, well, you can't get a job. You can't do this shit. So I'm going to, I'm going to get my real estate license based on a recommendation from someone else. And then I started to kill it there. And I'm like, wow, Brody, you could be like, a really, really good real estate agent. Like you could be very successful in this space. And like there for a little bit, I was like convinced that like, that was my only option. That was my only path. Um, and then when I made, and, and, and there's a lesson to be learned here because this is the same thing that happens when you invest in mentors, when you invest in yourself, me quitting real estate was a huge growth point for me because that told my subconscious that told myself that I was certain enough in my ability to create results in anything that I do because I just left the only thing that had ever made me any money. And by this point I had bought a house. My wife and I 
uh, my, you know, the woman who's now my wife, we were, we were very, very serious. And uh, there was more shit on the line than when I got into real estate. And so this was trusting myself to go out and do something else with which was a huge growth point. I had a sales job for six months um, at this company just to kind of get me by while I figured out what I wanted to do. And then from that point, I got into, I got into the call center space. My first sponsor in AA uh, was really big in call centers and I was always super fascinated by him and what he did and uh, without really, I didn't have any direction about what I wanted to do. So I just kind of jumped into that and I built a business there. You know, we were doing very, very well. And uh, ultimately I encountered the same thing that I did in real estate, which was money wasn't solving my problems and I didn't like the work that I was doing. Right. And so because of that, before I got married, I walked, my wife had gotten pregnant and I walked away from everything. You know, once again, just dropped everything I had just learned and built to start something new. But this time I had decided that what I was going to build was going to be on purpose. Like I didn't, I, I trust myself enough to make money now, but I refuse to do something that does not fill me up. And because of that, I, you know, I had done an incredible amount of personal development at this point. I have done an incredible amount of learning and I just had a deep burning desire to be part of a conversation much bigger than myself. And I, I love working with men because I'm intense. I love pushing people way outside of their comfort zone. I had stumbled upon a process for growth that I had used on myself, right? I had constantly been pushing the boundaries of possibility like I was just talking about. Things that I once never, I never saw possible were my reality. You know, I thought, man, maybe I can implement this in other guys. So I started out, I took, I took three coaching clients as a test, right? I started to put some content out on social media. I, I convinced this guy to let me speak at his event. I actually paid him $5,000 to go and be a sponsor at his event so that I could get some stage time. Um, I had never spoken in a business event. I, I hadn't spoken publicly. I, I did debate in high school, so I hadn't spoken publicly in years. I paid this guy $5,000 to go and speak at his event. There, I met my first three clients. Well, I met my first two clients, uh, one of which was Justin Caballero. And, uh, you know, I didn't take any more clients for probably four or five months. Literally, all I did was, like, if you, if you were to ask Justin, there has been seven or eight versions of Wake Up Wealthy that he has been through because he's been with me since the start. And uh, I've been constantly testing new content, optimizing, testing new methodologies, new frameworks for what gets guys results the fastest. And once I felt like I stumbled upon a really good process, I, I stepped on the gas and, you know, it was 15 months ago that I founded Wake Up Wealthy and, you know, here within, before the end of the year, we'll crack a hundred guys strong through our high ticket program, a uh, bunch more through our, you know, through our course and our lower ticket stuff. And uh, it's truly been an honor to watch some of these guys grow. That's awesome. And I want to give you an opportunity too. So tell us what you're doing right now with your podcast, the 60 day thing. Yeah. So, um, I, I, and this is, this will be a business lesson for everyone. So I've spent the last, the last 12 months really in the business of wake up wealthy, like, uh, build in like, look, we only coach male entrepreneurs under 35. And so like selling that selling personal development, like we do a lot of business coaching, but the core of what we do is self mastery and personal growth and selling that to the 25-year-old male entrepreneur who wants to be shown Lamborghinis and Bentleys, they're going to go buy an e-commerce course. You know what I mean? We are selling them something that they do not want. So many people have told me not to do this business that at this point in development, 
It is not possible. But these 25-year-olds, man, they think they know it. They think they have it already. And, and your stuff so, is real. It's real struggles oh, and it's real stuff. But when you buy an e-commerce course, an Airbnb course, they promise sexy. you you're going to make a million dollars in the next year. Sex, it's sexy, dude. It's sexy. And just to be honest, a lot of these guys like who are wanting to be entrepreneurs right now, you know, they went, they grew up in a good family. They went to college. They got out of college. Like everything was fine, you know, and like life will eventually, they will, they will have their own relative pain. And while you don't have to be a drug addict to experience good pain for growth, um, they do have to experience some trial. And so, you know, selling this thing, I've been very, very involved. And I just recently, I've been working in the business way too much. And over the last month, I just recently made a decision that um, I'm complete, aside from coaching, I'm completely leveraging myself out of the business. Like, so I just, I just built out the entire sales team. I just hired the marketer. And because I did that, it's holding me very, very accountable. I spent a shitload of money and uh, it's like, or cut deals that are going to be a shitload of money, right? Paid out. And so I'm like, I got to be on this shit. And I'm holding myself accountable by spending money. And so if I'm about to grow the podcast, like if you check, like I've always just kind of fucked around with it. We haven't done that many episodes, but we're in the top 100 business podcasts right now. I have been the last week. Um, and it's because I'm putting out an episode every day because that's what needs to be done. Period. If I want this podcast to be a top 25 business podcast all the time, I need to drop content and I've got a content team. I'm already recording a ton of video content. All I have to do is put it on my calendar and hold myself accountable. Like that's it. And so this commits. And the other thing is, I am so committed to creating change in the lives of young men that this forces me to create new content every single day. While, you know, I'm batch shooting usually on Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, I'll shoot three long form videos that we then stretch out into short, short form Instagram content for the next couple of weeks. You know what I mean? I'm not creating content every day and being forced to create this much content, it forces me to become someone new. It forces me to level up. It forces right. me to bring a whole level of value, whole other level of value that isn't just innate in me. I have to become more. Exactly. And it's crazy. A word you said was accountability. So like I said before, this podcast was essentially or initially a source of accountability for me and my wife because we have this big personal finance goal that we want to reach. And it sounds like this 60 day podcast journey you're going on, putting out content every single day, it's accountability to you. And so, dude, I love it. I love, I love what you're doing, doing there. Cause I mean, number one, you have a background in finance. You do finance, you know, the importance of personal finance. What I'm curious is how did you get in the position that you're in? So it's crazy. So obviously everybody thinks, I think there's this persona that if you study finance, you automatically know everything there is to know about money, all the tips, all the tricks, what to do with it, how to be smart. That's not the case. So something that's different is they teach you corporate finance. They don't teach you personal finance, which is an issue. I think in the educational world, there's no financial literacy. So what happened was when I was in high school, uh, I didn't work. I played soccer. I played sports. I went to college. I got a serving job, but I wasn't used to ever having my own money. So I would just spend it. I would spend it and spend it and spend it. So when I got that first job right out of college, I think I was making $45,000 a year. I mean, I was rich, right? I mean, I had, I had a salary at that point. So I'm like, okay, I got all this money. I'm going to get a new car. My wife, we combined our finances before we got married. She got a new car and then she had student loans and we were racking up credit cards because we were spending more money than we had. We got season tickets to the Tennessee Titans. Just all these stupid decisions that I thought because I had a salary that it was enough money to live and to live the level of lifestyle that I wanted. And it took me two months ago to realize like, what the hell am I doing? 
right? You know, it's like we, I always tell myself, and it's crazy because this, this can correlate to what you're, what you're doing too. You know, it's middle of the month. I've already gone over budget and I'm just like, Oh, I'll just do it next month. I'll just start next month. Right. I'll just put it off. But I, two months ago I said, I have got to stop doing that. I've got to commit to this. I've got to keep myself accountable. And I told my wife, I was like, I'm going to start a podcast. Right. And she said, well, Brady, you tend to get really excited about things. So why don't you give it a month and then we'll see how it is. Like, no, like I, I've got to do this. This is for me. This is for us. This is for our future family. So yeah, I mean, I dug myself in a hole and it took me getting in that hole to realize that I want out and I don't want to be there because I think that getting in debt, people make it seem sexy. And I think, and yeah, like, like uh, Jeff Secondary, I'm sure you know who he is. He, through my program. yeah. And he talks about how you can utilize credit, which you really, really can. But I think too many people see that and they're like, oh yeah, I can utilize my credit. And they put themselves in a hole because they don't understand what they're doing. Yeah, totally. Totally. I mean, like, look, Jeff, like, okay, so Jeff is one of my most successful coaching clients from a mm -hmm. financial perspective and from all, all around. Dude's, dude's a stud. Oh, yeah, uh, for sure. But yeah, like his shit is really sexy. You know what I mean? It's really flashy. Like, that's what people want. They're like, oh, free money. And so it's like, and they don't understand that Jeff literally is a, a, a wizard when it comes to that stuff. Oh, like, yeah, he's a genius genius like he has been studying like i was on the i was on the phone with him two days ago and he goes bro sometimes i forget how much i actually know you can't be jeff without putting in jeff work and exactly. that's what people need to understand and that's my issue too that i hope with this podcast is financial literacy i think too many people they graduate high school graduate college and they have no clue how to manage their own finances they don't know what taxes are they don't know what insurance is they don't know how to utilize credit how to get a loan etc so I'm hoping through this podcast, it can transform into a source of financial literacy, educating down the road. So well, I mean, here's, the, here's the big thing that I want to make. I want to make clear to people too, is like, you can't, okay. So you can't learn and take action at the same time. You cannot do those two at the same time. You must receive the information, process the information, take action, and then get feedback and adjust. But people are trying to do all the people are trying to do this whole cycle at the same time, and right. that is how someone gets a bit of Jeff's information about credit and then goes and fucks their credit with it because they didn't learn the whole picture, they didn't process the information, exactly. they, didn't build, they didn't build a strategy for it. They just got excited and made an uneducated action. Oh yeah, and I think it, I think really it takes two being real with yourself. Because all these people, like you said, they take this bit of information that Jeff will give them about credit or a bit of information about anything, and they automatically think that they can do it. But there is so much education out there and so much to learn. And just because you got a bit of information, you are probably looking at 1% of the whole picture. And if you're not yep. real with yourself, you're going to put yourself in a big hole. So that's how this got started. That's where I'm at. So it, it is getting better though. And that, that's something that I fully believe in is progression, not perfection. Like I said, my budget's not perfect. I'm constantly reevaluating, but I am committed and obsessed with continuously getting better day after day. But as I've gone through this podcast and recalculated me and my wife's plan and moving forward and failing and picking myself back up, I am gaining that discipline to recalculate going forward and push myself to a better version financially every single day. So that's where I'm at. And I hope that my, and my story obviously is not as sexy as other people's stories. I know there's people who have 
Sure, but like I was saying earlier, dude, pain is relative. Exactly. The bottom is relative. Exactly. It it doesn't matter if it's five feet down or 50 feet down. It all feels the same when we hit it. But everybody resonates with struggles. Everybody struggles, but nobody wants to talk about it. But when you listen to podcasts like this, where I want to know your struggles, I want to know how you got out of a situation, that's where people start to click with it. Because you can look all day long and find successful strategies to grow your income, to utilize credit, to pay down debt, anything. You can find that all day long. But when you really start to resonate with somebody's struggles and how they got out of that hole, then I feel like it gives you an extra source of motivation to push yourself forward. Yeah. Well, and I mean, like the way that I crawled out of my holes and I've been in, dude, I've been in personal holes, mental holes, like financial holes, relationship holes, like, and I crawl out of all of them the exact same way, which is with consistent daily disciplines. Yeah. They say consistent action. I mean, that's what you got to do every single day. And compound effect. Exactly. And I think people take it for granted too. They think they can work really hard a few days of the week and then coast the rest of the week. But what you don't understand is that is that constant daily consistent action builds momentum and momentum, in my opinion, is the is the strongest force in the universe, because when you get that momentum building, it's unstoppable. Here's what people don't understand. They think that they have made it a lot quick like the, people think that they have made it way before they ever do and so like in life dude you were on this hill you were crawling up this hill at all points and if you stop if you stop pushing forward if you stop the momentum gravity will literally just pull you back oh yeah the time that you, like gravity will pull you back and eventually you hit a tipping point you reach the top of the mountain and things level out and then you go on to climb new mountain i mean think about it. if you're in a car and you're going up a hill and, it rolls backwards. Yeah, it just rolls backwards. But but that's with that's with action. And I think people don't understand that they think they can grind for a month and then coast. That's not how it works. Like no. you said, it's a constant uphill battle, and you're never going to be downhill. I guess until you decide to retire. I don't know. But still, you, you know, it's consistency that's key. So, but I want to kind of dive into I guess a more fun segment. So financial success. And everybody has huge lofty goals. I am a big proponent that you really never reach financial success, your own version of it at least. Because I think financial success is a goal. And I feel like when, as human beings, when we start to get close to attaining our goals, internally, we escalate those goals to a higher level. So right now, what is your version of financial success? And if you can, how do you predict it changing over time? So look... I don't even define it because I'm like, there's no, it's a waste of time for me. I'm always going to have more. Like I'm always going to want more, whatever target, like, let's say I did define it for you. Right. And like, I know where I want to head. I have a number up on, on my wall of what I wanted to do this quarter. Like I know exactly what I want to net this quarter, but it's like next quarter, it'll just be like 40% more, 20% (laughs) more, like whatever I'm feeling on the day that I set the goal that's what it'll be, you know? And so like, sure, I'll set lofty goals too. I've done some crazy shit in my time. But what I will say is the problem that I see right now, and this comes a lot from like 10X, especially, and if you're someone who you set a lofty goal and you already can run with it and there's never any hindrance in your belief for what's going on, then yeah, you're the type of person that should do that. But see individuals, there is a threshold of belief. There is a threshold of belief. If I came to you and I said, hey, I said, hey, you're going to grow 40% 
in the next six months, right? You're going to grow your income 40% in the next six months and you have, and nothing has changed, right? You don't have another source of income. Like you just have your job. Like you're like, that's, that's just not going to happen, right? right. Like that's just impossible that you can never make sense of that in your head. But if I say, Hey, every single day, I want you to devote one hour to finding a source of income. And then I just want you to get 1% better, right? I want you to get 1% better today. I want you to get 7% better this week, but you know, not even accounting for the compound effect becomes much more manageable, becomes much more manageable. And so there is a threshold for belief of belief for everyone. Like for me now, my threshold of belief is relatively infinite, but for people starting out, it's much smaller. And so you have to understand how to create your own psychology, right? And how to really, because the only thing that matters, the only thing that matters is your level of certainty your level of certainty around your ability to perform a certain task, to achieve a certain goal. But the problem is, so we all have, we all have this perceived level of potential, even though it, potential is untapped. Everyone has shitloads of it, right? right? But we all have this perceived level of potential that then leads us to taking the amount of the action that we think is congruent with our perceived level of potential, right? And then from that action, uh, result is created. Right. And it is, this result is directly correlated to the level of action that you took. And then that result reinforces your belief, right? Which is your level of certainty, which then reinforces your perceived potential. And so you get caught in this really nasty loop, mm-hmm. right? Of negative reinforcement. And it doesn't necessarily need to be negative, but just of stagnation, right? right. Throughout the process. And then so the only way to actually change it, the only way to change this is by truly convincing your subconscious internally that you have the desired result before it happens. Because when you convince yourself of this, when you convince yourself that you are living in abundance, that you have the result that you want, you then are reinforcing the level of certainty, right? And and what did I say at the beginning of this? The only thing that matters is your level of certainty around completing a certain task or reaching a goal. Right. And then, so when you create the results before they happen in your mind, then you create that level of certainty, which then leads into your perceived level of potential, which is now higher, which means that you take much higher action and then you get a much higher result. And then you're on the positive growth cycle. Yeah. It's interesting you say that. So, so something I consumed last week was a podcast with Charlie Rocket. And apparently his story is huge nowadays, became a Nike athlete. But he had an interview with Logan Paul on the Impulsive podcast. And he has a notebook and he labels it quantum possibilities. And he says, I write all of my biggest dreams down. And he said, I tell myself that all of these things have already happened. Time just hasn't caught up yet. So he gives yeah, himself so that good. confidence from the start. And he so says, good. when I have that confidence and I live every single day, knowing that I've already accomplished all these things, it gets back into momentum. Then I have the momentum to just keep rolling forward towards my dreams. And obviously you see that. I mean, he became a Nike athlete and he's not an athlete. <laughs> so it, no, it's just- No, dude, Charlie, Charlie is sick. Like his understand. well, and it's not even understanding. Like he has a great understanding of it, but this is all relatively simple stuff. Like your belief creates your reality. Mm-hmm. It's that simple, right? But Charlie has figured out how to tap into it. He lives that shit better than anyone I've ever met. If you look back right there, you can see that little bell right there. Yep. I got that idea from Charlie, the abundance bell. I love ringing that thing because by it, like literally the sound, the movement, the emotion creates a new feeling for me physiologically. 
it changes, which means I'm putting out a different vibrational frequency to the world. All from ringing that bell that I saw on his story. It's amazing. And that's the, he's constantly doing stuff like that. Oh, writing yeah. it down, ringing the bell, reaffirming his subconscious that he's already where he wants. These things, they just, they, they've already happened, but they haven't happened yet. And it's like, just from a metaphysics standpoint, everything that he says and the quantum physics, standpoint, it's just all so dialed in. Oh, I love yeah. His it, I, don't, I, I don't consume a lot of his stuff, but every time that I hear him, I'm like, yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. And it's crazy. I watched his, uh, his, his fan made commercial mm-hmm. and then his story talking about like how he got the interview and I'm watching it on my phone and I'm like tearing up. Cause it's like, it's so inspiring and it's so motivating and he is yeah. so obsessed with his goals. And, and like we said, he, he's consistent. He's got momentum. He's got the confidence and look where he's at. I mean, yeah, he's achieving he's things that you would never think anybody could achieve. So yeah, he is incredible. So you're going through your drug addiction and look where you are today, right? Always in the podcast asking for a piece of advice, but that's really cliche because everybody does that. You, you are, your thing I think is mindset. It's all about getting your mind right. And, and like you said, you're intense. You're intense with people because you want to force people to get out of their comfort zone because as human beings, we love being there, right? So obviously you're stepping out of this drug addiction, which is probably uncomfortable for you because that's all you've known for the past few years. What was your mindset like? How did you step out of a place of comfort into something that is completely 180 degrees away from anything you've done in your entire life? Um, it was terrible, bro. I had the worst <laughs> mindset. I had the worst mindset in the world. I was so hard on myself. Every single thing I did wrong was seen as a huge failure. But the thing was, is it, it, it comes down to push versus pull. I wasn't pushing against a bunch of resistance. The only reason that I was uncomfortable is because I was desperate not to live the life that I was living before. I was running from it. Literally the world and the universe was pulling me away from that life. It was creating momentum every single second that I wasn't taking a drink. And so it's like, I wasn't having to force shit. It was just like, I I didn't know. It was just so unknown. And all I had to do was sit with that. All I had to do was be able to tolerate the unknown. I think that's huge. And it's such a, it's such a simple concept when you think about it, tolerate the unknown. But when you're actually doing it, it's scary. It really is scary. But like we talk about, if you're consistent with it on a daily basis, I mean, look where you're at drug addict to CEO, which is huge. Well, that's, that's the thing, bro. Look at what, look at what that means. So when we break it down that simple, all I was doing was tolerating the unknown Mm -hmm. and life, right? Like you will get what you consistently do. And my new norm became tolerating the unknown, mm-hmm. being uncomfortable, which meant that I was grow- I was uncomfortable just going in public. So like I was growing at a rate much faster than everyone was while the average individual will maybe push themselves outside of their comfort zone once a week, once a month, once every six months, like Every second that I was not getting drunk was uncomfortable, which means that I was taking quantum leaps in growth and personal development. And that became my new norm. And honestly, I got hooked on it. I just never stopped. That's awesome. It's really inspiring because, you know, a lot of my listeners, I'm not going to say, I don't know every single one of them, but I'm not going to assume that they have ever been in a hole as deep as you. But like we said, everyone's got their own hole. Statistically, at least one one person listening will. Yeah. And, uh, it's just crazy to, to hear your story of how you got out of the hole and where you're at today. It, it is very insightful and very empowering to hear that. 
And like I said, it's very commendable. So Brody, I appreciate it, man. This has been awesome. Like I said, really intense, a lot of, a lot of energy, which is what we need for this podcast. So appreciate it, man. Where can we uh, find you on social media and then mention again, your 60 day podcast thing. So my listeners can listen to you too. Yeah. So dude, you can just find me on Instagram at Brody Kern, B-R-O-D-I-E-K-E-R-N. Uh, if you're listening to this, definitely go follow there. I put out so much free shit. You can find everything at the link in my bio. I'm literally doing 60 podcasts in 60 days. These are 10 to 15 minute episodes. You can listen to them in the car, at the gym, while you're kicking a shit. Like, I don't care what, when you're <laughs> listening to them, but it's important that you listen to them. They're quick, they're easy, and they deliver a ton of energy and value. If you're not listening to them, you're missing out. So go there, subscribe, share it, leave a review because I'm giving away 500 bucks to one lucky reviewer at the end mm. of 60 days. Um, but other than that, man, just enjoy the free content. I don't need anything else from you. Awesome, man. Appreciate it. Yeah. Talk soon, dude. See ya. Thanks for listening, guys. I post episodes every Monday and Thursday, and those are available on Spotify, iTunes, Anchor, or any other major podcasting platform. So listen to us there. Give us a follow on social media, Facebook and Instagram, and let us know what you thought of the episode. We'll catch you next time.